Assessment Review, a plastic surgery podcast, just as a platform designed for education of plastics, hand, and craniofacial surgery trainees from medical students to master surgeon. Our episodes take you through high-yield topics along with experts in the field in order to maximize your knowledge and refine your techniques. If you like what you hear today, be sure to visit our website, resonantreview.com, for episodes, outlines, resources, and more. Stay tuned after the episode for a brief message from our sponsors. Hi, and welcome back to the Resonant Review. I'm Lily Mundy from Duke Plastic Surgery, and I'm here with Rachel Hine, also from Duke Plastic Surgery. Hello. And today we will be going through quick hits from the 2021 in-service on breast and cosmetic. All right, I'll get us started. This is much more palatable than cranium and maxillofacial. Sorry for all those. Yeah, sorry for all those that are interested in that. It's always my worst topic. All right, starting with arm innervation. So Remember the posterior brachial nerve innervates the dorsal aspect of the arm. The medial brachial nerve innervates the ulnar side, lateral antibrachial nerve innervates the radial side of the forearm and the medial antibrachial nerve innervates the ulnar side of the forearm. So the way to differentiate is brachial is the upper arm, antibrachial is the forearm. Brachioplasty incisions. So posterior incisions have advantages over traditional design, including tailoring. The skin is more straightforward. You can perform liposuction. The MABC or the medial antibrachial cutaneous nerve is unlikely to be injured and generally has a high rating quality of scar over the traditional incision. Rhytidectomy or facelift. Older patients seeking facial rejuvenation and facelift with severe fat atrophy should be offered fat grafting as a conjunctive procedure. And remember that the T-zone in a rhytidectomy may undergo a simultaneous peel. Undermined skin should be avoided. Internal nasal valve. This is the narrowest point in the upper airway and is bordered by the upper lateral cartilage caudally, anterior inferior turbinate posteriorly, caudal septum medially, nasal floor inferiorly, and piriform margin laterally. We've been tested on that several times. Male androgenic alopecia. This has a genetic predisposition. Um, the antigen telogen ratio is altered due to the lengthening of the telogen phase and decrease of the antigen phase. Other aspects include gradual replacement of normal hair shafts with velous hair, miniaturization of hair follicles, and activated T-cell lymphohistiocytic perifollicular inflammation. So the answer was miniaturization of hair follicles. It has an X-linked dominance inheritance pattern. It's 10% of hairs typically in the telogen phase, although this is lengthened in male pattern baldness. Lactiferous ducts. This is from the ectoderm or epithelial cells, which was the answer at six weeks of gestation. This will canalize and form secondary buds that give rise to lactiferous ducts. Pubertal breast development is dependent on estrogen surge. This triggers growth hormone and production of insulin like growth factor one, which was our answer. And it causes breast proliferation. And remember that accessory nipple results from incomplete involution of the ectodermal ridge. All right, Rachel, I can take over. The depressor septi nasi is tested on almost every single in-service exam, and this is responsible for downward movement of the nasal tip during smiling. Anterior thoracic hyperplasia is characterized by hypoplasia of the breast in context of a normal sternum and normal pectoralis muscle. This is in contrast to Pollen syndrome, where there's an abnormal pectoralis muscle. These patients can have a concavity of their chest wall, an absent anterior axillary fold due to the lack of the pectoralis muscle, and a hypoplastic superiorly displaced nipple. We also frequently get tested on the nomenclature for lack of nipple areolar com complex and or breast parenchyma. And amasia is a complete absence of the mammary gland with a present nipple areolar complex. A mastia is a complete absence of the mammary gland and the nipple areolar complex. And athelia is absence of a nipple. Pollen syndrome is associated with symbrachydactyly. 
and is often treated via periareolar incisions. At times requires latissimus flap as well as tissue expansion. Polythelia carries a risk of renal disease. Breast infiltration with tumescent minimizes intraoperative blood loss without change in operative time, risk for infection, hematoma, or postoperative bleeding or drain outputs. Postoperative masses, such as after mastopexy and breast reduction, the workup should include ultrasound imaging before intervention. BBL or Brazilian butt lift. The risk here is a fat macroembolism and mortality is greatest when the fat is injected intramuscularly, which can be associated with cannula smaller than four millimeters or a cannula that's directed into a downward trajectory. So ideally you perform this procedure while placing the fat into the subcutaneous plane only. Bariatric surgery. This is most, the most common deficiency here is iron and it's difficult to correct with a multivitamin only. Gynecomastia. Direct glandular excision through a periareolar approach is used for patients with a firm central gland. Liposuction for contouring is frequently used as an adjunctive procedure in patients and can be the primary procedure in patients without ptosis. An inferior pedicle or wise pattern or other reduction pattern are used for varying degrees of ptosis or can be used for varying degrees of ptosis. Pauzoi's law describes flow through a tube. Remember that the variable here is radius to the fourth. So in this question, it was talking about the difference between two liposuction cannulas and the volume difference per time. And you just had to multiply the radius to the fourth and then divide those two, which is kind of annoying. All right, retrobulbar hematoma. This can occur after blepharoplasty. Signs and symptoms include severe pain and pressure, decreased visual acuity, decreased range of motion in the extraocular muscles. Treatment includes suture removal and consideration of lateral canthotomy. Facial nerve weakness. A cervical or marginal mandibular nerve can cause an asymmetric lower lip when the patient attempts to make a full dentured smile. The marginal mandibular nerve can be differentiated by the ability to pucker lips from the mentalis function. This typically resolves after a facelift within six months and Botox can be used to improve symmetry during this recovery period. Nasal reconstruction. The nose has nine topographic units. For defects that involve greater than half of a subunit, it is better to reconstruct the entire subunit per the subunit principle. A forehead flap is appropriate for the entire for an entire tip defect. Bilobed and nasolabial are appropriate for smaller defects and dorsal nasal flaps can be used for two centimeter or smaller defects. Paradoxical adipose hyperplasia. This is a rare result of cryolipolysis, which involves localized hypertrophy of fat in a treated area. Risks include male sex, a large applicator size, and abdominal treatment. Why do we keep getting asked about this? Like the third question. <laughs> Rhinoplasty. Nasal tip refinement can be performed with a collimular strut and septal extension grafts to provide support for tip rotation. A septal extension graft has better preservation of tip rotation. An inverted V deformity is the result of the upper lateral cartilages collapsing inward and away from the nasal bones, exposing their underlying shape. This narrows the lateral dorsal aesthetic lines and internal nasal valves. Spreader grafts can be used to correct this. All right, I will start with tubular breasts. Characteristics include breast asymmetry, dense fibrous rings around the areolar, hernia of the areola, narrowing of the breast base, and high location of the mammary folds. Surgical correction includes radial release of the parenchymal bands, reduction of the periareolar herniation. Intercostobrachial nerve. This is an extension of the lateral cutaneous branch of the intercostal nerve and pierces the serratus anterior, crosses the axilla to the medial side of the arm, joins with a branch to form the medial brachial cutaneous nerve. So this provides innervation to the upper half and posterior part of the arm and can be injured if you violate the serratus fascia, which was the question. 
superior tarsal muscle or Mueller's muscle. This inserts on the superior tarsal plate of the eyelid below the levator next to elevate the lid. It is innervated by the sympathetic nervous system. So remember, aproclonidine drops can be used to elevate this muscle in the setting of levator paralysis from bad Botox. I just gave Lily her Botox, so hope that doesn't happen. Good thing this is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that remember, this is an alpha adrenergic agonist and will elevate the lid one to three millimeters. It is recommended to inject the Botox one centimeter above the eyebrow. Levator aponeurosis, remember this attaches to the tarsal plate and senaltosis is otherwise known as levator dehiscence. Breast implant illness, been hearing a little bit more about this lately. This can cause fatigue, anxiety, headaches, brain fog, photosensitivity, hormonal issues, rash, and hair loss. A patient should be evaluated for autoimmune disease evaluation prior to explantation. Lasers. So 532 nanometers targets red, yellow, and orange color. 694 ruby targets purple. 755 nanometers targets green. And 1064 targets black. Ur-YAG and carbon dioxide also have the, have the same chromophore water, but Ur-YAG has a greater affinity for water, which was our test question. Hypertrophic scarring is a complication of lasers or facial resurfacing that can occur in sensitive areas like the neck. You should use lower fluences, reduced surface areas, and abstinence of heat stacking and avoid multiple passes. Inferior oblique muscle can be injured in a transcondylar bluff and lies between the nasal and central fat pads or the medial and central fat pads. Inferior turbinate resection. So submucous resection removes some of the underlying bone with preservation of the overlying mucosa. And this has been shown to have the longest term improvement of obstructive symptoms. Outfracture will lateralize the turbinates with no evidence of long-term improvement and a partial turbinectomy will remove part of the turbinate and mucosa. Blepharoplasty, this should not be performed within six months following Lasix, which we know to allow sensation to return to the cornea. And remember dry eye can occur after blepharoplasty and patients at risk include those with proptosis, exophthalmos, horizontal lid laxity and negative vector. I have a negative vector. To release the tear trap ligament, remember the premaxillary space must be entered and the levator labii superioris visualized. All right, Rachel, I'll finish this off for this section. Cryptosia occurs when the superior aspect of the ear is buried under the skin. Treatment includes superior incision to release the cartilage and resurfacing with local tissue or skin grafting. A stall ear, this describes an abnormal third cruise or bar of cartilage extending from the antihelix to helix at approximately the junction between the upper and middle thirds of the ear. Spock eyebrow deformity. This can occur when the eyebrow has an excessive arch, such as the lateral brows higher than the medial brow. This can occur when the medial frontalis is overtreated with a neurotoxin like Botox. To treat, you can inject Botox into the lateral frontalis, ensuring that you're two centimeters above the brow. Okay, superior medial breast reduction. The nipple areolar complex blood supply comes from perforators off of the internal mammary artery. The Bravo study was a breast reduction assessment value and outcome study. It demonstrated complication rates of 43% with delayed healing being the most common. Complication correlated to preoperative breast volume, average resection, weight, smoking, and inversely with age. The degree of ptosis was not associated with delayed healing. And you can remember this, there was a picture with massive ptosis. And I think collectively, a lot of us put ptosis, but it was resection weight, which surprises me, but I guess the Bravo study shows that. And we probably would have gotten the answer correct had there not been a photograph. Yes. Tricky. Extracanthal orbicularis oculi is innervated by the zygomatic branch, allows for animation, expression, and protection from debris. Intercanthal orbicularis is innervated by buccal branches, which are responsible for blinking, eyelid closure, lower lid tone, and position, and lacrimal pump function. 
facial peels. So light peels include glycolic acid, jesners, and TCA less than 35%. So the question here was a little tricky because it asked what a deep peel was and it had phenol alone. So phenol unoccluded or unmixed with croton oil. And I think a lot of people pick that, but when phenol is alone, it's a medium peel as well as TCA over 35%. Got it. And then deep peels were 0.4% croton oil which can be used for deep perioral rides and cardiac monitoring is required for a phenol peel with cardiac dysrhythmias being reported for those peels. And then lastly, TXA, this is an anti-fibrolinic agent. It is FDA approved for menstrual bleeding, but has off-label uses in surgery, such as craniofacial surgery, orthognathic surgery, breast reduction, facelift, rhinoplasty, and liposuction. Toxicity here can cause color blindness. Therefore, it is contraindicated in those patients who who have color blindness at baseline because they would not be able to be monitored for that change. Give me a break. I just envision the <laughs> intern on rounds coming by, <laughs> not with the eye chart, but with the colorblind chart for these patients. Red, green, now. Renal insufficiency requires dose changes. Other contraindications include allergy, intracranial bleeding, and history of DVT-PE. And that's it. That that's does it. it for the breast and cosmetic section from 2021. Quick hits. As a plastic surgeon with a unique vision for each patient, the more options you have at your fingertips, the better. Natrell is one of the portfolios available to you. To learn more, visit natrellsurgeon.com.